You know what's so exciting? We're starting a new theme, yes! And you know what it's called? Exposed. But what is exposed? There's a few definitions Google wants to tell us this morning. Not covered, not covered, or hidden, visible. Not sheltered or protected from the weather. In a vulnerable position or situation. Exposed, not covered, or hidden, visible. Not sheltered or protected from the weather. In a vulnerable position or a situation. So this morning we kick off a new theme. It's called Exposed. And I don't want everyone to freak out like, oh my gosh, we're going to sit around and, you know, expose ourselves to things that we've done wrong. No, 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 no. It's nothing to do with, nothing to do with us and our past mistakes. Because how many of us know some of us have long lists, right? <laughs> Just like I do. So this morning I want to start with some popular Christian sayings. And I want you to ask yourself, have I ever said this? When God closes a door, he opens a window. Have you ever said that one? When God closes a door, he opens a window. Here's a super popular one. This one used to get circled around so much. Let me pray about it. And if I feel led, if it's God's will, then maybe. Everything happens for a reason. God won't give you more than you can handle. You must be the change you want to see in the world. You must be the change you want to see in the world. Spread love everywhere you go, just like peanut butter and jelly. Spread love everywhere you go. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. When I let go of who I am, then I might become who I need to be. The greatest glory living lies not in never failing, but in rising every time we fail. Your attitude, turn to your neighbor and say, how's your attitude this morning? Even do this, how's your attitude? Your attitude is critical to success. Hope is praying for rain, but faith is bringing an umbrella. Hope is praying for rain, but faith brings the umbrella. Do we have hope and faith? If God is all you have, then you have all that you need. And how many of us have ever quoted, how many of us have ever heard one of those sayings? This is 2023, October 1st. We are in the last stretch of 2023. Oh my gosh, October 1st, 2023. And as we kind of get ready to start closing out the year, we can ask ourselves a few things. And one is in human nature, have we become people that enjoy quick little cliches just to get a little fix, just to feel a little better? When our friends, when our neighbors, when our relatives are struggling, how many of us belch out one of those quick little Christian cliches? When God closes the door, he opens the window. Have we become people that rely so heavily on Band-Aids? We like Band-Aids. And I got nothing against Band-Aids, believe me. Equate or the Band-Aid brand, whatever you use, I got nothing against them. I'm not prejudiced, right? But if we become in our nature emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually addicted to Band-Aids, 
And as time has gone on, as we have learned these lovely devices, man, anytime we're in a crunch, we can pick up something quick. And I'm not talking about food. I need something. Let me look it up real quick. I need a positive feeling. I need something to make me feel better. See, sometimes there's pain for a reason. And sometimes there's pain because of what God's trying to say to us. But instead of listening to the pain, what do we do? We go to the Christian cliches. We go to our positive healing friends who levitate off ground, right? And we're looking to them for a good little feeling. When all the while God's trying to say something deeper. So if you have your Bibles, kind of our opening verses for our new theme, Exposed, starts with John 1, 4. And it says this, The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. John 10.10, 10, super popular verse, Thieves' purpose, steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich, satisfying life. Thank you, Jesus. John 14.6, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Turn to your neighbor and say, the life, the life. <clears throat> and no one comes to the Father except through me. John 5, 24. I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message, believe in God that, that he sent me, have eternal life. And they will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death to life. And last one, John 5, 24 says... Yep, I already read that, sorry. Matthew 10, 39. If you cling to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Jesus is talking about life. Life, life, life. Isn't life important? Would you say that life's important? Well, I think for some people, life's important, right? There are people who are like Eeyore, and they walk around with their head down, and life sucks, life stinks, life's horrible. It's, there's always tragedy. There's always dark things. There's always this. There's always that. And so life is horrible. What do people really say? What do people really think? What do people really define what life is? To understand, to have a comprehension, to have purpose and goals and direction, to have significance, to have value, to be born, to live, to die. Life, 10% what happens to you, 90% of how you respond to it. Life, 10% of what happens to you, 90% on how you respond to it. And if you ever notice things seem to circle back, and then things circle back, and then circle back again, 10% of life, right? What happens, but how you respond? So I wonder, if there keeps on being a circle, it's because we're not responding correctly. God's going to allow you to keep circling until you learn to respond correctly. Not that any of us ever respond incorrectly. You know, everyone has their own formula about life. How many of us is a very young age? It was, you know, whether you believed in college or work, you did one or the other typically, or you did neither, you stayed with mom and dad as long as you could till they kicked you out, right? It's usually one of those mottos, right? Everyone has a formula. Everyone was taught and trained one thing, one way. This is how my formula is going to be. And so whether it was from parents, whether it was from friend, whether it was culture, every one of us this morning, we have a formula for life. But the question is, 
Is it the same formula that we just read about what Jesus said? What was Jesus' formula? Number one, understanding, he said, the word is life. The word gives life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no one will come to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I came to give life super abundant, abundantly above, beyond measure. This is the life that he came to give. John 10.10 came to give super abundant, above, and beyond measure. But how many of us have days where it's like, ah, I don't think I feel that super abundant measure right now. I don't think I'm thinking, feeling Jesus taught John 10, 10 right now, right? Jesus said, if you try to hang on to your life, what happens? You're going to lose it. But if you want to find life, you got to give up your life. When Jesus first met the disciples, well, one of the first interactions, what did he say? Come follow me. And saying, come follow me, he said to them, I want you to quit your job. It's not what I'm telling you to do this morning. Okay? I'm just saying what Jesus said to the disciples. Okay? So don't go out here and tell your boss I'm done because that's what some, somebody said. But Jesus came to the disciples and he said, come follow me. And in saying, come follow me, he said, I want you to drop your job, drop the nets, drop your dad. Because it was a father-son business. Sad, right? Anyway, come follow me. And in saying that, he said, I want you to leave everything you've ever thought in life before. Anything you've ever done, thought, felt. Leave it. And when you come follow me, you're agreeing to take everything I tell you as 100% accurate and truth. There was a lot that he said when he said, come follow me. When he said to them, if you hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, then only can you find it. So the problem we have this morning is, see, all of us have different formulas. All of us, I think the waters become muddy because of these devices. I think life has become muddy because there's so much junk in our heads, right? That the Word of God has to go through all the time. And all the things that have happened to us, said to us, there's so much stuff that we carry, right? And so here's the deal. No matter what God gives you, no matter what you've been gifted with, no matter how much talent, ability that is placed inside of you, no matter if God gives you a Ferrari or a Pinto, no matter what God gives you, if it's a house or a trailer, many of us, no matter what's been given, we always find a way to trade it away. And with that, we're going to go to Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 1, as we dig into exposed. Genesis 3, verse 1. So the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day he asked the woman, did God really say, did God really say, you must not eat fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Well, of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said, you must not eat it or touch it. That was a little add-on. And if you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows your eyes will be open. As soon as you eat it, you're going to be like God. Wow, like God, no way. Knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw the tree was beautiful. The fruit looked so delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took the fruit 
and she ate it. She gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Genesis 1.26, we're going to back up a chapter, 2. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, the small animals that scurry along the ground. God created human beings in his own image, resemblance to be recognition for him in the image he created them, male and female, he created them. And then God blessed them and said, be fruitful, hallelujah, multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Rain over fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. There's so much that happens in a moment. Have you ever realized it in life? Have you ever realized that so much can happen in one second? In this moment, God created the heavens and the earth. God created man. God gave him authority, responsibility. God gave him the love of his life, some girl named Eve. God gave them a perfect surrounding. If you know the earth at this time, it was created with a layer of water around the earth. That layer of water around the earth would keep the earth at a perfect temperature every single day. Every, like living in Hemet, right? It's perfect. Back then, Back then, the earth was created perfectly, and it was given to man and woman, and he said, this is yours. Take care of it. Here's, take some responsibility over all the animals, over everything that you see. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was given the earth, wow, what a gift. If I was given some responsibility, whether I liked it or not, okay, I mean, you gave me the gifts, I should take care of it, right? Some authority. Adam had power over all the animals, all the dinosaurs, all the sharks, the great whites, and the megs, all those big things, right? He had power over everything. Adam, when he spoke, he was given this power that when he spoke, everything stopped. But no matter how much he was given, in one second, this lovely couple decided to trade it away in one moment. Created in God's image, a representative figure to resemble, to be like God's shadow. God who gave them life, meaning, purpose, perfection. Gave them work, job, purpose, authority, responsibility. All those things to be fruitful. One of the best things, right? To multiply, right? Thank you, Jesus. No matter the provision that God had given them, and they had every fruit known to man. They were vegetarians and meat lovers. You can have whatever you want, right? You had cow, you had deer, you had elk, you had all the stuff, you had all the fruit trees, right? They had everything, and they had it all. So no matter how much provision they had, they just said trade away. No matter how healthy they were, because they were perfect. They felt so good and wonderful. They were willing to give that away. No matter what was given and all that they had, they traded it away in one second. Fortunately, we do the same thing today. No matter what God gives you, in one second, you're willing to trade it away because you think of something better. Eve 
tricked by the serpent and the dumb husband who was just sitting there watching and listening, right? He made her think, this is going to help you. This is going to benefit you. He took part of what God said, added a little bit onto it, and said, here, take this bill of goods, sign for the house, it's perfect. Even though it's falling underground, it's perfect. Here, take this car. It runs perfectly. And then you get out and the engine blows up, right? And just like Adam and Eve, we cannot blame them because we do the same thing. Sometimes daily, what we will trade in a moment, what we will give away, what we lose in a second in relationships, friendships, at our jobs, at our workplaces, taking for granted what we have not being afraid in the moment to lose what we have because we think of what we're going to gain is so much far better. Taking for granted. And I know this morning none of us have ever taken anyone or anything for granted, right? We love and appreciate, we value every single thing that we have, all our dogs, cats, kids, husbands, wives, boyfriend, girlfriends, we value everything, right? All of our stuff. We've never taken anything for granted, right? But Adam and Eve, in the moment, they took life for granted. They took life for granted. They took what God had given them for granted. And they just gave it all away. For these two people, these lovely people, did they know that when they did that, their son would murder their other son? That what they put into motion because of what they decided to do, what they decided to give up, did they know that their choice, it was their choice that started and caused the first murder? Did they know that what they gave up in one second, the moment, and it just started with a little conversation, right? Just started with a little itty-bitty conversation. Just started with a little maybe unhappiness, a little insecurity. Just starts with a little bit of bitterness or anger. Just starts with a little bit of, just a little bit, right? How many of us know a little sugar or salt go a long way? Except for some of y'all, I see you dump that salt. That's not a little bit. You go for it all, right? It was just a little tiny conversation with the devil. Ah, you're so sweet, devil. Little sweet conversation. And here this morning, you see, the thing is, does God want you to go to heaven? Absolutely. And, and believe me, I'm all for that because I want us all to go, right? But for me, the way that he designed me and put me together, heaven's going to be there when I die. What I do with today is what really matters. Life is what really matters. This moment, this week, and believe me, we're all growing and getting better. Sometimes we go backwards, sometimes we go forward, and sometimes we just sit on our butt. But life is important. And so if life's important to you, the question becomes, what are you giving up because you think you're gaining something better than what you have this morning? What were Adam and, and the devil talking about? They were actually talking about God's word. They were talking about what God said. They were having a conversation. They were having a good, healthy debate. God said this. Nope, God said this. Nope, God said this. Nope, God said this. Nope, God said this. The problem is both of them were wrong. 
both of them in their story were wrong. Both of them were twisting things. Eve had it a little bit twisted herself. God didn't say anything about touching it. He just said, don't eat it. But Satan kind of made her fumble. I don't know if you guys like football. You see some receivers fumble, running backs fumble the ball sometimes, and you're, you want to smack him too. The devil was making Eve fumble in this moment. He was making the things that she held and hold so dear in her life. She fumbled. There was three things here, Adam, Eve, and the devil. Two of them were doing all the naughty stuff, and one guy was just standing there listening and watching, right? What good is it if we watch and listen pe to people as they just drift off to hell? What good is it if we are put here on the earth to be the example, to set to eternity, to maximize this life? But what good is it if we say, I'm just going to stand and watch in this moment, and then a bus comes and just kills somebody? Because honestly, when we're not opening our mouths to talk about him, that's what we're doing. We're being like Adam in the story. Let's just let the devil destroy everyone's life because I'm going to stand back and watch. I just feel like watching today. I'm just going to stand here and watch and listen while all these people are going to go burn in hell. The Bible says Satan is the father of lies. And this morning I want to say he's not only just the father of lies, he's the father of half-truths. Anyone else ever had a set of half truth before? How many of us have ever heard kids? How many of us as adults? And we know it's none of us in here because we are perfect and wonderful people. It's the people outside this building, right? But Jesus, in John 8, 42, he says, If God were your father, you'd love me because I've come to you from God. But I'm not here on my own because it's God who sent me. Why can't you understand what I'm saying? It's because you can't hear me. And I said something a little crazy. It's because you're children of your father, the devil. And you love to do the evil things that he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, it's consistent with his character. For he's a liar, the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. And so with that this morning, go ahead and take out your candy bar. Good catch, babe. Kim never fumbles. She's a, she's a good receiver. <laughs> now this morning, if you can just open up your wrapper all the way and take a look at what's inside. So here's the thing. This morning, if you went to Walmart or State of Brothers or a grocery outlet, wherever you like to shop, shop Target, if you bought a candy bar that when you opened it, Tell me, what do you see when you, when you open it? It's already open. What's, what's the other thing when you open it? It's half gone. Oh, my gosh. Now, I'm pretty sure this morning, if any one of you, and this is the fun size pack, okay? let's, well, let's say we go for king size when we go to the grocery store, right? Because we need a little extra boost, so we go for the king size snicker because it satisfies, right? Anyway. If you open that puppy up and it's half gone and open, 
Oh, who'd get upset? Who'd go right back in there, march in there, throw it at the manager and say, what kind of junk are you selling here at Walmart? What is this, huh? And sorry, I use Walmart a lot because I shopped there every other day. <coughs> Some good prices most of the time. But see, physically, you see, you've all been well-trained. If something that you purchase is not to your liking, you're going to do something about it. <sighs> but wait, why emotionally, mentally, spiritually, when the devil sells you a half-eaten candy bar, we all buy it. We all buy it. Every day. Satan half lies, half tells the truth, right? He's accuser of the brethren. The devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. And no matter what God gives you, no matter if there is 50 million in the bank, hallelujah, no matter what you got, no matter what you try to store for yourself, if you keep going back to half-eaten candy bars, you're going to lose everything. Every relationship, every job, every single thing we do in life, if we keep allowing him to sell us the goods, it's going to go. We demand perfection. Man! Cars, food, restaurants. If it is out of temp, if we ask for rare and it's well done, We are going to demand, you're going to fix this. Oh, yeah, you are. And then you're going to take it off the bill because we want to use our Jedi power, right? We demand perfection. Why, when it comes to simple little things in life, are we demanding perfection? But when it comes to your life, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, you're letting the devil rob you every single time. He's a good salesman. Says he dresses up like an angel of light. And the devil will use anyone and anything he can to detour you. Every relationship, does he want it healthy or all jumbled up? Every interaction, does he want it to be godly or let's be messy? Does he honestly care? I wonder if you go to heaven. Or does he want to destroy your time now and all that he has for you, the inheritance of God? Does he want to suck that inheritance away from you? But most of the time, see, now God created and man and woman didn't have an authority and responsibility. It was given to us. And honestly, we're not robbed. We just give it away. We give it away. We give away the authority that's been given to us. We give away the responsibility that was given to us. We give away the health, the healing, the emotion that was given to us. We give it away. It's not taken. The devil can't take you. The devil can't hurt you. If Jesus is in your life, heart, mind, and soul, if you have asked him to come inside, if you become a follower of Jesus Christ, the devil can't hurt you. 
He's not robbing your Snickers. Man, you're giving it to him. You're giving it to him. We're giving it away. And so the question becomes in our 40 years of living, how many of us this morning have we given away, have we allowed him to take our best, our value, our things, what we've taken for granted? And let's not lie. All of us this morning take things and people for granted. Kids, relationships. And we start taking things for granted. We do what Adam and Eve did. We trade it away. With that this morning, I'm going to kind of shift to communion. I want to start with Luke, if you have your Bibles. Luke 23, verse 39. One of those criminals hanging beside him scoffed. So you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself. And us too, while you're at it. The other criminal protested. Don't you fear God, even when you've been sentenced to die? We deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus replied, I assure you, today you will be with me in paradise. By this time, it was about noon. Darkness fell across the whole land until 3 o'clock. The light from the sun was gone. And suddenly, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two, right down the middle. Jesus, Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last. In one moment, we saw that Adam and Eve, all that they traded in for what they thought was better. But on the other hand, when we flip the coin, we see Jesus... See, he traded in his life. He was willing to be beaten, whipped, nailed to a cross. Why? Because it was sunny and just felt like the thing to do. They do this in the Philippines. There's people who walk around and they get crucified. And then they walk down the street as people are worshiping them. Woo, look at me. I'm hanging on a cross. Did Jesus do it for show and glory? Jesus was whipped, beaten. He was whipped and beaten, and he gave up his life ultimately to death because of the new life it would bring to you, the new life it would bring to me. He was saying to God, God, don't hold their sin against them. He said, God, hold it against me. God, I'm going to take the sin of the world, and don't hold it against them. God, hold it on me. See, in the second... Jesus became a bridge. And how many of us know if we look at bridges, bridges are wonderful as long as they're sturdy and we can drive across. What does a bridge do? It's designed to get you from one point to another point. What does a bridge do? It connects usually two roads, right? What does a bridge do? It holds anybody who wants to walk across, anybody who wants to drive across. A bridge connects. A bridge holds. A bridge is there to carry the weight of whatever and whomever crosses over that bridge. Jesus Christ became the bridge between earth and heaven, between man and God. 
And he said, I will let you walk over me. And I will carry the weight of your life. And I'll be the connection for you to find the greatest, most important thing that you were looking for. If you just come and follow me. Jesus became the bridge. Jesus willing to be walked on. Jesus willing to carry all of our weight. He became a bridge. And many times, we try to hold on to our own weight. When Jesus said, release it and let it go. I came so that I can carry it for you. Whatever guilt, shame that we carry, whatever past that we carry, whatever mistakes, whatever things that we've said and done, Jesus said, stop carrying it on your own because I'm here to carry it for you. And this morning, if Sixto and Riley can come up, help me pass out the bread and the, and the wine this morning. No wrong. Matthew 11, 28 says, Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And usually that's where we always stop. Man, I just got to come to Jesus. I just pray, let it go, and it's gone. Hallelujah. But Jesus goes on. He says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and I'm gentle at heart. And then you find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. And so the challenge with all of our Christian cliches, the challenge is with everything that we've heard in life in a quick band-aid. Yes, just pray and Jesus instantly gives you rest like drinking a Red Bull and you got wings. Woo! That's not what he meant by that. He meant if you follow me, if you learn to be like me, then you find rest. It's not praying and bam, it's gone. That's not what he said. You take my yoke, he said, upon you. He said, let me teach you. And so a bridge, we go back to this morning, connection, holding the weight, a destination. It's going to help me get to the next place. Hallelujah. Connection. Something that is willing to hold the weight and something that's going to help me get to my next destination. That's what Jesus was. He was the bridge. How do we honestly get rid of what we're carrying? You become a bridge for somebody else. Why is a Christian? It's so hard. It's so tough. There's so this. There's so that. No, it's not. It's just, you haven't learned to be like Jesus. When you learn to be like Jesus, the weight is gone. Why am I trying to carry all the weight myself? Jesus didn't carry all the weight himself. Guess who did? The Heavenly Father. But we're trying to do it on our own. I'm trying to figure out this on my own. I'm trying to read it. I'm trying to digest it. I'm trying to research it. I'm trying to do this, 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 this on my own, on my own. Because it's muddy. Simply put, communion this morning. Jesus is the bridge for you between here and there. And now we ask you to be the bridge for somebody else. Connection. Willing to hold weight and be the destination, pointing from one area to the next. Luke 22, verse 19. 
Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. And then he broke it into pieces and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus, his body, was it broken? Was it bruised? Was it beat? Was it whipped? Just for the heck of it, no, it was for me. And it was for you this morning. And when you take the communion this morning, it's just like when Jesus came to the disciples, he said, come follow me. When you take communion this morning, you're recommitting to him, I'm going to follow you. When you take communion this morning, you take the bread, you said, you broke your body for me. Now I give my body to follow you this morning. So go ahead and eat the bread. soon as they hit your mouth in communion or we could take this chewy chewy bread that really takes a minute to you gotta work through it right but you know in doing so it's really the symbol of life do we want it easy or do we want it right do you want it easy or do you want it right we're chewing this bread and we're really having to work at it because that's what God put us here to do to really work at it God put you really here to work at it. And Jesus goes on. <clears throat> After supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup, it's the new covenant between God and his people. The bridge, it's an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice to you. And so this morning, as we take our, our cup and we think about the blood of the lamb, the sacrifice, that gets rid of everything that you've ever done. This that brings healing from the inside out. This that when it's accepted, the covenant, the communion, the bread, the wine, the juice, when you take it fully and say, I am now committed fully to this, God starts to heal you from the inside out. God forgives and God forgets every single thing that you've ever said and done in your life. And then you move forward and a new beginning in Jesus' name. Go ahead and drink the cup. A few closing verses, and it says this, Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Guard your heart, guard your heart, guard your heart. Above all else, it determines the course of your life. Why exposed? It's not to expose what we've done and said. It's to expose the dirty little devil running around. It's to expose those half-truths. It's to expose the accuser of the brethren. It's to expose every half-truth that we've ever believed in and given in the moment to. It's time to expose the lies. 
and so that we walk and believe and stand in truth. And this morning, it doesn't matter if you're 70 or 80, the devil still hides you. He doesn't give up. He doesn't give up. He's not going to stop lying to you just because you get another year older, because you get a little more gray hair. You think he cares? It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how wise we think we are, how cool or, or beautiful or handsome or how much we know the Word of God. He knows the Word of God better than you do, better than I do. And so he's going to use this to trick you, to trick me. It's time that things be exposed so that we stop giving in and trading away what we have because we think there's something better. So the writer of Proverbs says, guard your heart because above all else, it determines the course of your life. Adam and Eve in that moment did not guard their heart and they traded away everything good and perfect. From that moment on, there was murder. There was a flood. There was craziness. And I'm not going to get into all the crazy things that happened. Crazy things people were doing back then. Because they didn't guard their heart. They didn't guard their heart. And it changed the course of humanity. What we don't understand this morning, if you don't guard your heart, you're going to change the course of the rest of your life. Whether it's 5, 10, 20, 30 years, if you don't guard it, the devil will change your course. Romans 12:1. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you, give your bodies to God because of what he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. This is the kind that he'll find acceptable. This is truly the way that we worship him. So number one, walk out knowing I, do, I need to do a better job of guarding my heart. Number two, I need to continually offer myself and give my body to God as a living and holy sacrifice. Number three, Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. Number three. Don't copy anyone's behavior. Don't Google anything that you need a little positive fix for for the day. Keep going back to God. Keep going back to God. Keep going back to God. Keep going back to His Word. Keep reading His Word. Keep reading His Word. Keep reading the Word over, 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 over again. Let God transform you by a new person by changing the way that you think. Lastly, this is what we end on. <clears throat> It's said that most people, 80% of us, are negative every single day. 80% of our days with negative thoughts. Why? Who's negative? Where does negativity come from? The devil. And we can't blame it all on him, right? We can do bad all by ourselves. We can. We can be bad all by ourselves. But you know what I think? As people today, psychiatrists, doctors, they're really trying to give some really good definitions. Man, and they're really trying to come up with some really good formulas and some really good pills. And I think psychiatrists and doctors, they're trying really hard to lay it all out for us. But they're not taking into consideration the Word of God. We can reason away everything. Bad days, good days, bad feelings. And this morning, if you stand up with us, we're going to close on a song, but I want everyone to stand with us.
We end with this thought. We're going to pray with this thought. I don't know if you got your candy bar, but <clears throat> if you do, if it's close by, if you need one, I've got a few on the ground here, but you can borrow the, these are actually full candy bars too, so these are the ones you want. If you don't have it, you just kind of dream that you have it and imagine you have it. But as we sing this last song, Remembrance, as you hold this up, let it be a symbol today. Let it be a symbol. You demand so much perfection from people. And you demand so much perfection from stores and restaurants. You demand so much perfection on what you spend your money on. It's time to start demanding a little bit more of yourself to say, I'm not going to trade it away anymore. I'm not giving in anymore. I'm not. I'm not going to be a sucker for that half-lying-telling, dirty, dogon, you know, devil. I'm not. Because you want the best what you buy. But if you don't want the best spiritually for yourself, it doesn't really matter what we do. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what we do. If we're not demanding the best spiritual, the best spiritual thing that I need, then it doesn't matter where we go and what we do in life. Jesus 1010, I came to give life abundant, super abundant, above measure. What he has for you, it is so good and amazing. What God and Jesus have, no one can offer it. No other religion, no other book, they can't. Nothing comes close to Jesus. Nothing comes close to what we have in here. And if that becomes your number one thing, if this becomes your guiding light, I'm reading it, I'm reading it, I'm reading it. Stop letting the devil trade it in for something else. Well, take a little Christianity, a little Buddha, a little Muhammad, a little this, a little that. If I just take a little bit of this truth over here, half truth over here. Stop trading in for what you think is better. Can we admit we're knuckleheads sometimes? This is truth. The word gave life. Accept it this morning. Accept the communion. Guard your heart. Don't copy. Offer yourself to God. Let God change the way you think. By what? Read his word daily. Read his word daily. The Bible that makes it easy. Man, pop it up. You know, as Adam and Eve were given the world, they decided to trade away because they thought they were getting something better. As we leave today, as we walk out, believe me, the devil's already lying. The devil's already hitting us. The devil's already started his tricks. Well, the pastor said this, the pastor said that. Ah, that's not what I meant. Ah. That's not. And there's a decision to be made this morning. Your spiritual life. Your spiritual destination, the end, and now are so important. But you gotta demand that you, you gotta demand that we have to demand. I'm not gonna keep settling for less when God has his best for me.
I'm not gonna keep settling my anger, my bitterness, my frustration, my attitude. It keeps coming up short. We gotta command more of ourselves to stop settling. Because God the Father, he's got so much more. He's got so much more.